can't actually remember which episode of the podcast this is. Is this 129 or is this 130? Christ, there's a start. It's 130. Get on. Excellent. Hello and welcome to episode 130 of the NFL Scotland podcast. The Bears are going for 55. No, this isn't a Scottish football chat. This is the Chicago Bears. They're going for Super Bowl 55. Don't worry, we've not completely lost our minds. My name is Cameron Hobbs, and this is a little bit different. Um, We're doing something. It's not a podcast. This is what we're calling the NFL Scotland Pishcast. We have most of the members of the NFL Scotland team here full of the festive spirit itself, uh, and we're going to be chatting about the NFL and all things American football. A few drinks in. First and foremost, drink responsibly, people. We are not encouraging overindulgence. What this is is nothing more than a bit of greasing off the wheels, a little bit of something to get us going, and hopefully a little bit of carnage. This was all born out of Charles Patterson, who turned up drunk to one of our previous podcasts, and we got nothing but great feedback saying Charles should be drunk on all the podcasts. So we thought, you know what, let's go with that and let's see what happens. I have to go to my usual co-host first, Mr. Mitchell, have you had a good Christmas? I have had a wonderful Christmas, thank you very much. I do, however, uh, have a bad headache at the moment, so I am currently drinking Coke Zero. So I'll be the only sober one out of the five, but I doubt anybody will be able to tell. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Already we've had Jamie Borthwick drop off the call and come back in. Paul's on the Coke Zero, I mean, for goodness sake. Right, Charles, Gordon, hopefully you're going to keep this sensible and hopefully you've had a few drinks already. What? First of all, gents, Paul's already covered it. What are we drinking, Charles Patterson? Uh, good evening. A Merry Christmas to all our listeners. Um, I have this evening, um, I highly recommend a, a 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon from Chile, uh, which I picked up at a local wine retailer not too far away um, and is readily available should anyone choose to... Uh, uh, purchase of it. It's very, it's very good with um, the fillet on Christmas Day, um, and it's very good with a cheese board after nine o'clock, and it's very good drunk on its own as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, everything's good. I hope everyone had a nice Christmas. I did. I'm, I'm wading through a carnage of toys, and I have my spectacular Green Bay Packers Christmas jumper on, which I'm quite happy about as well. And the Pack are going to get the one, the number one seed. So everything's rosy in the garden. We will come to that. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. McGuinness, what are you on? Uh, I am on, it's a Scotch Malt Whiskey Society whiskey that I think's close to 70%. I think it's called Adventurous African Safari. Uh, and I'm just going to start off with a toast to the wonderful New York Jets who decided to hammer the Cleveland Browns yesterday and make it along with team that I have never said were frauds, the Pittsburgh Steelers, their win means that the Ravens just need to win in their end. It's great. <laughs> Merry Christmas to me. Mr. Borthwick, what's your tip all this evening? I'm uh, rocking an organic Tempranillo, which I am uh, pairing with Sainsbury's fizzy rainbow pencils. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a classy really uh, Charles actually showed me a picture of that, of that jumper that he was buying at Hamden a couple of weeks ago and I was glad to be wearing a mask because you can fake enthusiasm <laughs> um, Okay, uh, we've already covered Paul so I'm on some Innocent Gun Lager to start a couple in already uh, we'll be turning to the whiskey later on I've got a fine selection to my right um, I'll probably join Gordon on some of that Scottish Malt Whiskey Society ones I've got nothing at 70% um, but you know, we'll, is that we'll... legal by the way? 70%. <laughs> it's like cask strength, but it's like 
it's uh, strong. I mean, it's you could as... pop it in your windscreen wipers to clear your windscreen <laughs> with the ice in the morning, to be fair. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Um, so yes, right, okay, do you know what we do guys, on all of these podcasts, we've just had week 16, we always do our awards, so let's kick off with this first of all, and I think this is the, let's start with a bit of structure before we descend into absolute farce, and I'm going to cut through this, we actually haven't even gone out and asked for nominations this week, a couple of reasons for that is I think that Belter and Baufin are nailed, and I don't think there's any discussion here, and I'm going to float this for you to correct me if I'm wrong. But the belt of this week is Alvin Kamara. To tie that with six touchdowns, phenomenal performance. Notable mentions uh, to Vontae Adams, absolutely spectacular. To do that in the snow was something special. Notable mention to Tom Brady, brilliant first half performance. But Kamara has to be the, the belt of this week. Just a tremendous performance uh, against a Vikings team that were still in the mix for the postseason. So that's that. Baufin has to be the Detroit Lions. Just absolutely, I mean, finally lost Stafford, but they were just rank rotten. There was nothing to get excited about there at all. What a grim, grim, grim boxing day it was if you were a Lions fan. Uh, you know, tuned in to sit down and think, oh, brilliant, you know, isn't this nice? I've got tomorrow off Saturday football. I can sit and enjoy my Lions. Uh, and within about two minutes, you were like, nah, I'm going to switch this off and watch something else. So. Unless I hear anything from the floor, the Lions will get the Bowfing Award this week. Uh, I was going to give the Bowfing to the Oakland Raiders for finding 17 different ways to blow their opportunity to get to the playoffs. I think that's got to be a strong one, especially with the backup quarterback coming in for Miami, who we will get on to later on, um, yes. who is a genius. Um, but one play... 40 yards down the field when he's facing the wrong way, getting his head, his face mask ripped off, and the Raiders managed to find a way to lose. So uh, the, the Lions were a poly. I, I would give it to the Lions purely because I don't like them. So that's fine. <laughs> the, the best part about that Raiders thing is it allows us to get onto Paul's favorite topic and we get to discuss analytics and game strategy again. Because at the end of that game, the Raiders decided that the best thing to do was to kick the field goal and run out the clock without actually running out the clock. And if you're if you're going to be in a situation where you're going to leave twenty seconds on the clock, you're you have to score a touchdown. If your if your strategy is we're going to take it down to twenty seconds and kick a field goal, that's stupid because all it takes is a stupid penalty and a stupid blown coverage, and all of a sudden your opponent's in field goal range. Score a touchdown if you're that close. Try and score a touchdown. If you score, you know they still have to go all the whole way up the field. That play doesn't doesn't cost them the game. Doesn't cost them the chance to go to the playoffs if they score a touchdown. But it did, and it was the best no-look pass in NFL history. I think if you want to talk about Bowfing, I've got to give credit to the ever-green and ever-wonderful Atlanta Falcons who went into Kansas, got themselves into uh, field goal territory, and then just Christmas presents galore, they missed it. Love it. Yes, uh, it was a disaster on other fronts. Well, I think, so fine, there's some notable mentions. I still think it's the Lions, but what's absolutely up for discussion is Bob Ag of the Week. Um, Bob Ag is not even remotely up for discussion. This is the most This is the most clear-cut Bob Ag we've had since Antonio Brown. Right, okay. Dwayne Haskins oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. went to okay. a strip club without a mask, played in a game. I, 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 so I, I read this thing today. I didn't see this, but apparently on like 4th and sixteen him and Chase Young went onto the field to wish Taylor Heineke good luck. He then finished the game, and as a starting quarterback, you were available to the media, and he decided, no, I'm not, just as he wasn't going to be talking to the media, and today he got cut. That's just... <laughs> so, because he's been cut, can we even nominate him as Bob Ag of the Week? Yes. All right, yes. okay, fine. <laughs> First round pick to cut 
you know, the only one to do it faster was Josh Rosen. Yeah. That's a pretty good part, to be honest. I quite enjoyed it. So <laughs> 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 bag of the week was uh, was uh, was actually Drew Brees for coming out and bragging about his son winning his fantasy league because of Alvin Kamara. <laughs> Shut up, Drew. <laughs> giving him the ball. Why <laughs> Brees don't feel so... What I want to know is, did, I'd like to know whether Drew Brees' son was stupid enough to pick Drew Brees and draft him in his own team. Because <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I actually had Drew Brees, so that, was, that would be a perfectly good strategy, in my opinion. Is this just Drew being controversial again? And, like, all these players are moaning about the fact, well, I don't care about your fantasy team! So Drew's like... My darling son won because I was handing off the ball to Alvin, don't you know? <laughs> I listened to everything he said. I made him win, haven't I? A grandfather. Um, he's not a grandfather. The that's a, that's a rumour the... that I'm going to quash now. I'm not suggesting he's a grandfather. Uh, <laughs> I went the best part is every every time he turns the hand, hand the ball off to Kamara, it's about as far as he attempts a pass downfield these days anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Do, I... uh, right. Who's got a clock? How long till Mitchell storms out or turns to the drink? <laughs> right, so... <laughs> I thought he was gone already. I, I just point out a couple of things here. Wouldn't that be the ultimate? That you can say to your son, how many points do you need to win your fantasy league? Hang on, let me hand the ball off to the best running back in the league. At least he could do something about well, it. Well, if that was true, he wouldn't have stolen. He wouldn't have allowed St- Sean Payton to steal away a seven-touchdown game by giving... Taysom Hill, another goal line carry, which is <laughs> Taysom Hill, uh, which is Sean Payton's absolute fetish that he just loves to do, just <laughs> hand the ball off. Fetish is the absolute best one for it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's obscene. It's, it's not quite natural. Can, can, I, can I read out, because we were talking about Dwayne Haskins, so we obviously go to the Bible as far as these things are concerned. We go to the New York Post, and I'm going to read uh, the four headlines uh, in reverse order. Washington quarterback may still start after maskless stripper party. (laughs) NFL about to clear hurdle. Not many thought they could. I'm not sure if that's related. Headline three, Dwayne Haskins sounds miserable. I thought you were going to say headline three, Dwayne Haskins nil. (laughs) (laughs) And headline four is Dwayne Haskins' stunning downfall is complete. And I think you're being very harsh. Uh, He did not go to a strip club. He went to a nightclub that just happened of a stripper party, according to the article. How unlucky can you get? He just went out for a quiet nightclub evening and just ended up in the middle of a masculine stripper party. You want to pocket that. Pocket that strategy right there, lads, because I tell you, uh, you, what do you mean you're a strip? I was at a nightclub that happened to have a stripper party. Um, I'm not in control of the entertainment. Who do you think I am? I don't own it. Would you like me to own the club? I'll buy the club. I mean, that's the way forward here. And and because going to nightclub without PPE is considered high-risk COVID-19 conduct, punishable by a maximum fine of one week's salary or up to a four-game suspension. Uh, Today in the mail, apparently, Baker Mayfield received an invitation to a party. That's all I'm saying. Oh, people have been wearing health and safety outfits to clubs since the 90s. You know, this is nothing new. I think it's the one place in society that you can get away with wearing any kind of high-vis outfit or mask and be absolutely fine. You blend in, no one would think anything different. A couple of glow sticks off you pop. Happy days. 
I think, yeah, absolutely. Neglect on his part completely. You, you and I don't share the same places. To go. <laughs> like, I'd just like to stress that before anybody, you know, uh, you know, there was no PPE nightclubs in New Orleans, I can tell you. Well, certainly oh, none that I, I went to. Uh, early 90s rave culture passed you by. Come on. <laughs> most, most culture passes me by. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, right, we're going to get into the questions here. Uh, I, what I did is I reached out to a couple of people who are regular listeners to the podcast and asked for their input on what could we talk about a couple of drinks in and, you know, let's get the conversation flowing. So someone, um, I think this was Polly, who's our resident Buccaneers fan, he said, I'm going to get each of you to do it. I'm very aware as well that you're all still in postseason contention, um, apart from me. But that's fine. I could just hate on whoever I want to hate on. The question simply states, describe your team's season so far in a song. So if you were to describe your team's season as a song, what would it be? Um, and I'll, I'll, I'm looking around to see who reacts first. So Charles is in quickest. If you come in with We Are The Champions, then I want higher brow stuff than that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal this from um, the crew at Lambeau Field. Do you, do you want me to sing it? No, oh, God, no. No, we definitely didn't. <laughs> okay. No, so I'm going to sing it. Oh, go on, sing it. Gold, gold. Always believing in gold, gold. <laughs> That's it. As <laughs> somebody who's seen Spandau Ballet. You've got the power to know. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've seen Spandau Ballet in concert. I don't want that anywhere near my head. Thank you very much. Don't Always ruin my favourite band. Oh. gold. And green and gold, always believing in gold. Right, there we go. That'll do. Come on, beat that. So the best <laughs> I can come up with for the Niners to sum up our season is a song by Alexandra Burke called Broken Heels because I feel like Achilles injuries have been the absolute disaster to the 49ers season this year. So I genuinely was looking at you know songs that have got broken in it. I think Broken Heels by Alexandra Burke sums it up absolutely perfectly. The whole thing's just been a shambles. Week three, by the time we'd played our two games in the MetLife, our season was done, and it was a case of get what you can get out of it. Somehow we managed to beat the Cardinals this week. I don't know why we were bothering, to be perfectly honest. I think C.G. Bethard was like, I'm better than Nicky Mullins. Um, and I was like, well, that's not a high bar to be aiming for, C.J., but crack on, son. Let's see what you're made of. Um, and, you know, I did all right. Jeff Wilson, if you were up against him in fantasy this week, you were absolutely raging unless you had Kamara. Um, Wilson came well, from Well, I, I unfortunately had Jeff Wilson and I'm still going to lose. So there we go. Now, you've not lost yet. You've not lost yet. We will come to that. We will come to that. Okay. Anyone else? I'm looking at Paul, Jamie, and Gordon up next. Okay. So one of the, the last time we had a, a big group of us in this podcast I was on was an evening where the Ravens were declared as soft. They were dismantled by Charles Patterson. Uh, they just lost the Tennessee Titans. Shortly after that, they lost three quarters of the team to COVID. They didn't play a game for 12 days. They played basically their practice squad against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now they've bounced back, recovered all the way there. They're now a win away from the playoffs. So in keeping with the NFL Scotland podcast, I'm going to go with Scottish band. And there's a very good chance that not many of you will know this. Oh, it's, it's a made-up band. I'm going to I'm going to go with "Recover" by Churches for the Ravens. Okay. Tune. 
Well, was it only me that thought Gordon was about to go into glory again, or as I will survive? <laughs> I thought he was going to say alive and kicking by um, <laughs> uh, Yeah, it, not over yet by the Claxons was my uh, where I thought he was going to go as well. <laughs> no, I just honestly thought at first I was afraid I was, but I thought Gordon was going for it. I thought we were going to get the whole number. At, at, no, know, point, at no point this season have I been petrified. <laughs> <laughs> um. Jamie or Paul, either of you have a suggestion? I, I was, I was. My initial thought was to go for Lenny Kravitz, saying over till it's over, and it, it should have been over a very fucking long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna adapt uh, a, a song that was uh, coined by the Heart Supporters in Basel in 2005 when Dennis Wynas scored uh, to the tune of Winter Wonderland. We used to be shite, but now we're all right. <laughs> Walking in a giant's wonderland. <laughs> uh, yep. Love it. And Mr. Mitchell. Well, you've got to have a touch of class about you, and that's what I'll do. I'll go to the, the theatre, the land of theatre, the land of stage, from Le Miserable. For the Saints and Drew Brees, it has to be one day more, another day, another destiny. Oh. It'll all work. Don't will we ever meet again? Yes, we will meet again in the Super Bowl. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, the time is now. The day is here. One day more. One day more to revolution. There you go. I would sing it, but I don't want to embarrass the other guys. I thought. I thought in honor of Jameis Winston, you might have gone with the Crab by the Verb or the Crab Song by Faith No More. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm sure there's a song called Ribs by Lord as well, which probably would have been an appropriate <laughs> one in there. Um, okay, so there, we've done that one. Um, we're going to change the tune on this one a little bit. Question number two, which also comes from Polly. Pick another member of the NFL Scotland team and mention something about their NFL team that you grudgingly admire. So we're going to come in reverse order for this one, which means that, Mr. Mitchell, you have to go first. Pick someone else in this NFL Scotland uh, chat. Pick their team and tell us something that you grudgingly admire about it. It has to be Charles on this particular occasion, uh, simply because the team that he follows has arguably one of the most iconic venues in American sport. Uh, it's a place that I desperately want to go to. I want to see a game there. I would love to go to Lambeau Field. I mean, obviously, I want the Packers to lose. That almost goes without saying. But I think it would be just amazing to go to. So I think, uh, you know, it's somebody whose team plays in the Superdome, which is absolutely stunning, but in a different, more modern way, I'd love to go to Lambeau Field. Mr. Borthwick. I grudgingly admire Paul's Saints because I feel like New Orleans is probably the coolest city probably in the NFL. And so, you know, that's a place I would love to go and to have an excuse to go and, and, and support the team that plays out of there. That's why I'd say Saints. Uh, the excuse to go is the NFL Scotland Tour 2022. Just saying. Um, so we've already sorted that one for you. <laughs> uh, Mr McGuinness. I think you and Charles are probably going to be happy with this. I'm going to, I'm going to pick something nice to say about the Giants. Uh, I have... A little bit of admiration and respect for Daniel Jones at quarterback for the Giants. I think if you look at that draft class at quarterback just now, and you look at Dwayne Haskins, obviously a no-go, um, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, the quarterbacks taken at the top of that draft class, really wouldn't shock me if Daniel Jones winds up being the quarterback in that draft class that 
has some serious success. I think Kyler Murray's looked a bit shaky a lot of times this year. Daniel Jones this year has been surrounded by not a lot of help. Um, and I think he's performed pretty admirably. Um, I'm actually going to pick the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, obviously, I, I, you know, I don't grudgingly admire Aaron Rodgers. I straight admire Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, that's my number one admiration of another team. I, Aaron Rodgers, I, good God, I'd move hell or high water to have him at San Francisco next year. Um, he's a big uh, 49ers fan. I don't know if we've mentioned that on this podcast before. But I'm actually going to mention the Baltimore Ravens because I feel like the Ravens are always some... And certainly in the time I've been watching, are somehow always fairly relevant. Now... Perhaps because they're in a division that's been dominated by the Steelers, but there's been a bum Browns and a bum Bengals team for so long. Um, but it just feels like the Ravens are always there or thereabouts. They're always in contention. They've got that up and down element that actually I enjoy as a sports fan. I would hate to follow a team that consistently wins all the time. You know, and, and that's something to me, and, and again, I'll bring it back to Scottish football, but being a Rangers or a Celtic fan has never held any appeal to me at all. Winning that often, to, to me, is not part of the enjoyment of sport. The enjoyment of sport comes from the absolute pits of just losing out versus those great glory moments where you manage to do it, and you're not doing it all the time. So, you know, I, I think because that was the first Super Bowl that I actively saw my Niners in and saw them lose to the Ravens, I was like, oh, lucky God. I feel like Baltimore as a stadium's got a great atmosphere and things like that. There's a there's just a there's a rustic element there. There's a, something nice to like that's a bit non-traditional when it comes to some of the NFL teams. This is probably the first year I've managed to not want the Ravens to lose all the time, and I think it must just be that the the stink of Ray Lewis has just left the area <laughs> completely. Now. And I, I I don't like it's it's just out of mind and it's like it feels like a new team to me and I, I don't I don't need to hate them anymore. He's not even lingering around. Like he's not even like and I guess that's maybe one of the things like, of COVID. Could, I'd be in hiding. <laughs> I mean, he literally has a statue outside the stadium. But even even as a Ravens fan, though, like there's a lot of times that you're like, okay, your your speeches kind of get people fired up, but. Like after they beat Denver in the playoffs years ago in his final season, and he started crying on the sidelines, it's like okay, that's. I'm sure it's emotional, but let's let's just go win the next game, please. <laughs> Charles. Well, I've always held, until this season, a grudging admiration for the Baltimore Ravens for their toughness, personified by Ray Lewis who has a statue, but this year they're soft. So I've lost all that admiration <laughs> and I've lost all that respect for them because they're phonies. Um, I, I have an admiration though for um, the one member of our pod, podcast team who can't be here with us tonight, Ian Stevens Eagles, because for two reasons, and Gordon, you just preempted one of the reasons why. Um, first of all, they are the only franchise I can think of that's built a statue for a backup quarterback outside their stadium. <laughs> and secondly, they have the most rabid fan base in the NFL, bar the pack. I mean, if, if Green Bay lose a game, everybody needs to be fired. And the only fan base that comes close to this crazed obsession with winning and analyzing things that are wrong are the Eagles fans. And now the Eagles fans are out, uh, are out to get blood because obviously they're out of the playoffs. I, I do admire that crazed manic obsession with winning and uh, which the Eagles fans desired for so many years and then they finally got it well, for them really built, isn't it they built a bloody statue for a backup quarterback who they then got rid of 
So that sums sums the organisation up in a nutshell. So I've always got I've got I've always had a, a bit of a soft spot for the Eagles in terms of uh, the fact that they're that they're 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 just a bunch of lunatics, frankly. Charles, if if uh, sports news presenting doesn't work out, you might have a career in professional wrestling for that heel turn midway through that first. <laughs> I've always admired the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Uh, now there's I don't know how true this is the the story about the Eagles that always makes me laugh is the fact that there's a couple of cells in the stadium um, you know for, for fans that get too rowdy so they can just put them in a cell but I don't believe it's the only stadium that's got it um, no they were they were the first stadium Veterans Stadium was the first stadium to have cells um, and of course that was the stadium that famously booed Santa Claus as well <laughs> uh, what re- I suppose he were red um, but that can be the only thing I can think of, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, he got abs- he got absolutely booed senseless. Uh, I can't remember what he did, but they, they, they booed him. And it's not apparently the greatest place to go as a visiting fan. Although I think the Lincoln Financial Field's a little bit better than the old Veterans Stadium was. But yeah. Can I just say, while well, we're being nice about Baltimore in some way, shape or form, the best book on American football... Um, that was written about a season is based on the uh, John Feinstein. Yeah. Next man. Yeah, up. If, if you good. haven't read it, you've got to read it. Uh, and it's even better if you've forgotten exactly how the season pans out, because it, it I have not. It, no, I know you haven't, but um, I, I couldn't remember the season exactly. So to read it, it was quite fresh. Uh, but if you do get a chance, next man up, John Feinstein, super book. So um, we'll move on from that then, and let's talk about postseason. Charles, you've got a quiz, so we'll come to your quiz after this. But let's talk about the football. And Gordon, before we kick this off, you were talking about the fact that this is probably the most excited you've been about Week 17 in a long time. And to be fair, there are some tasty, tasty fixtures coming up this weekend. There's a lot of really interesting scenarios. It does feel like this is more open than usual. Yeah, I think especially in the AFC where, like, you could have a scenario whereby team one team on 11 wins. I think the Colts can finish in 11 wins and miss out if everyone else wins. But there's also a scenario whereby I think it's if the Titans lose, the Ravens win, and the Colts lose. The Browns with a loss, and the Browns lose, sorry. The Browns would need the Dolphins to lose to Buffalo to get in, whereas everyone else wants Miami to lose. Um, I just think it's great. I think it's going to be like as much as this was not a season I enjoyed um, when the Bengals scored on like fourth and 15 against the Ravens to send the Bills to the playoffs. Uh, I think this Sunday's going to have something like that in the AFC. I think we're going to see something in the final two minutes in one of those games. And I just really hope it's not Baltimore or Cincinnati that sends someone out of the playoffs. If you look at the AFC versus the NFC, there's a lot more teams still with something to play for in the NFC. But the, the, the sheer length of the scenarios in the AFC is quite something. You know, it's, it's so let's take the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns clinch a playoff berth with a Cleveland win or an Indiana loss or a Tennessee loss and a Miami win or tie and a Baltimore win or tie or a Cleveland tie and a Baltimore loss or a Cleveland tie and a Miami loss or a Cleveland tie and a Tennessee loss or a Cleveland tie and an Indiana tie or a Cleveland tie, a Tennessee tie, a Baltimore win and a Miami win. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's absolute carnage. Uh, And that's the same pretty much for all the teams. You know, there's multiple different scenarios in there. Um, And there is so much, there's so many different ways that this could cut. 
And it's just, it's so interesting, even for trying to sit and figure out what that postseason starts to look like. Charles, you're going in potentially with a first round bye. Maybe, maybe not. Not done yet. No, because Paul Saints might get that. Um, and they can't get it. Oh, no, they can't get it, can they? Oh, no. No, no they can. They can, but but it, but it requires Mitch Trubisky and the Bears to win on Sunday. and they pa- Packers have got the tiebreak over the Saints. So um, the only team that can stop them getting the, the number one seed. No, so... No, three-way three tie. The three-way tie. And the Saints win. If the really? Saints win... If the Seahawks win. If the Saints oh, win, yeah. yeah, according to NFL.com, if the Saints win, the Packers lose, and Seattle win then the Saints would have the first round bye. So all to play for. Yeah, Paul's yeah. perked up. Look at that. He, that. he thought it was done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, let's say you don't get the first round bye. Who is it that you want to face in the first round? Who would you want to face in the wild card of all the teams coming into it? In the NFC? Yeah. Are uh, you taking the winner off the NFC East just straight because of the division it's been? Or are you well, looking at someone like the Cardinals who might sneak in there? Would you fancy your chances against them I'd or the Rams? I'd fancy my chances against the Bears any day of the week. And I'd fancy my chances against the Cardinals, frankly. The I mean, Cardinals and the Bears are going to be one and done. So despite the, the fact that despite the fact you've changed the password on this um, Zoom call to Bears to win the Super Bowl, it's not <laughs> going to happen. Um, Look, I think there there are quite a lot of distinctly average teams in the NFC playoff race, and I think we discussed this a few weeks ago. Seattle's Seattle have improved a lot since we spoke about four weeks ago, and I said that their defense was like a pile of Swiss cheese. For some reason, they have completely changed their whole dynamic as a team from a th- team that was throwing. 300 400 yard games and 40 points into this team that can shut down team you know other other sides so seattle's defense is now legitimately good but what's happened to their offense well that is a very good question and i think only you know only russell wilson and pete carroll could probably answer that I, i mean if you look at the game on sunday night against the rams dk metcalf barely saw the ball but he was being covered most of the game by jalen ramsey but they actually ran the ball pretty well and I think Russell Wilson got off to a hot streak at the start of the season. Maybe they just don't like the cold. Who knows? I mean, it's one of those bizarre kind of scenarios whereby as one side of, of the team has improved, the other, you know, deflated. I think you'd be more concerned now going at the playoffs about Seattle's offense than their defense. And ultimately, a fair bit after that Giants loss, that completely shook Pete Carroll and... Uh, they were getting pressured so much, and there was so much um, coverage sacks coming on them, coming on Wilson, and co- you know, coverage pressure coming on them that they, they decided to run a bit more and said, "Look, you can't just stand in the pocket or run around for you know four or five, six seconds and, and allow and allow the defense to put that amount of pressure on you." So I think they changed that that much, and they brought a lot more running in that way, and, and just trying to get the ball out a lot quicker, and it seems to work for them. Their offensive line has not been very healthy. And listen, any good offense starts with your line. And Green Bay's line and New Orleans' line is probably the two best lines in, in football, arguably, and two of the healthiest lines in football as well. And if if you've got if you've got that foundation, then I mean Rogers had all day yesterday. I mean, it was up against Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee could have rushed for, you know, had a pass rush for three hundred years and they would have never sacked him. <laughs> Um, it was it was just mind blowing how easy it was for him, and that's why he's possibly going to be, you know, named the MVP is in part because they've kept him on his feet all all season. 
But if you've got a, a, if you've got an offensive line that can protect your quarterback, then you're going to have a, a, an explosive offense. Russell Wilson's been running around for the last six weeks because the offensive line's a mess. So if the defense has come onto a game, then it's maybe going to help them, and it, you know it could propel them further than perhaps if they were just going to have an offense that was going to was just going to be involved in shootouts. I think in watching that game against the Rams, that was the thing that started to strike me about Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson's 32 now and just doesn't quite have that explosive pace that he once had that could get him out of so many situations. He still has it. Don't get me wrong. Good God, he can still absolutely burn you with his feet. But compared to some of the, obviously, the younger, faster guys coming in, he's not necessarily got that same threat. Gordon, have the, the Seahawks played any difficult games in the last couple of weeks? I, I mean, I think the Giants in the game, you know, they were in pretty good form going into that game. The, the difficult thing with the Seahawks is that I don't think anyone needs more encourage, uh, less encouragement than Pete Carroll to abandon the passing game and go to the running game. And if you wind up in a game in the NFC Championship against New Orleans, against Green Bay, and you think you're going to do that just by running the ball, you're kidding yourself on. I think they... Pete Carroll has always been the type of conservative wants to run the ball coach, take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands. And, you know, he's a guy who's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback in all likelihood when all said and done. So I think we need to get back to, to throwing the ball. Paul, for your side then, we asked Charles who he would want to play if he, you know, was in the wild card. If the Saints are in the wild card round, who's the team that you would want to play the most? Are you taking whoever's out the NFC East or are you taking one of the wild card teams? Well, you know, I'm just looking at it. I'm going on this NFL playoff machine that we looked at mm. last week. Um, and, you know, playing around with all the games. Interestingly, all three wildcard games, for example, have changed uh, from last week. The ones on the a on the NFC side, um, there there's basically two would stay the same, but it will come down to LA against Arizona. Um, so at the moment I'm sitting, so I've gone for LA to win that game. So Chicago would go to New Orleans, which wouldn't concern me in the slightest. LA would go to Seattle and Tampa to Washington. But if the Cardinals were to win that, all of a sudden Los Angeles come to New Orleans. Uh, and I don't really want that. There's just something about the Rams that I would like to absolutely avoid. Arizona would then go to Seattle and Tampa would play Washington. So that's a really big game because I think nobody gives much love to the Chicago team and you can understand why they've not done so but you know Mitch Trubisky is proving a few people wrong towards the end so you know I, I would like to avoid the LA when, when all said and done I said my wildcard games on the AFC with my predictions last week I had Baltimore at Buffalo Tennessee at Cleveland and Pittsburgh at Indianapolis which I think are three brilliant games it's currently looking at Miami at Pittsburgh Colts at Buffalo and Baltimore at Tennessee and it doesn't have the same ring to me as the first three yeah no that's fair uh, Jamie flip this round if the Giants happen to make it through who do you want to take on didn't care less <laughs> <laughs> right hang on just happy be, to be there it will be a mad mad thing anyway and like a sort of weird bragging right over all our mates who just for a sheer chance all support NFC East teams as well um, it'll, be, it'll be crazy and I don't think the Giants stand any more chance against anyone <laughs> um, what will be will be you got to think the Giants have a chance here 
they definitely have a chance to do it. Yeah. I mean, when Washington lose, and obviously you win, not only get into the postseason, you win the division. Um, it's not insurmountable at all to imagine that happening, especially with everything that's going on with Washington. Um, and given that the, uh, you, you know, I, I mean, in the quarterback situation, but, you know, who's going to be, is Alex Smith going to be back this week? Is that what we're thinking is going to be the outcome? I mean, they don't, I don't know. I think, I think either way, Haskins leaving gives Washington a better chance of winning. They just wanted him out of the building. Yeah, they wanted it. I mean, he was absolutely toxic. There's absolutely no doubt about it. So, I mean, what? Why would you get rid of him the day after he's been the starting quarterback? Clearly, because he's a total liability and a knucklehead. Get rid of know, him. Like, you could put, you know, you could put the, a cheerleader in at quarterback, and they would do a better job than him. Honestly, the other thing, the they're other signing thing one of the strippers. <laughs> the other thing with this is it doesn't really matter who Jamie wants to play if they win. The NFC winner, I'm pretty certain, is locked in against Tampa Bay because Correct. they're they're four and they play five and oh love it five giant so it is... against the the Brady. Oh, that <laughs> that, that, that really bodes quite well for the Giants to to move on to the the uh, divisional round and beat them and beat them. That would be amazing. I would love that. I'm warming to that scenario. <laughs> hang on, guys. There's not much of a scenario. Should the Eagles beat Washington and should the Cowboys beat the Giants, according to my NFL playoff machine, Dallas yeah. going at four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. yeah, yeah. It's, if, if Washington lose, it's the winner of... Um, Cowboys-Giants. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Why, that's why Washington-Philadelphia is Sunday night football. Because... Doesn't matter what happens in the uh, Giants Cowboys game. Whoever you know, if the Eagles can't win it, obviously now. But if the if Washington win that game, they win the division. So that's a pressure game, isn't it? You can just Mental. see. I mean, the Eagles will be free, footloose, and fancy, and flying in there, and no no problems at all. Jalen Hurts is playing really well. That's a pressure game, isn't it? I think wait, the Giants currently occupies the tenth pick, and they would. They could pick as high as third. They could, they could, they could have the third pick, or they could yeah. drop about twenty places by winning. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is interesting, but I, I don't care about high draft picks. I've been saying this to my mates all season. Like we, we've had a lot of dry, high draft picks, and it's never made a huge amount of difference. I want a winning team again, and a team that knows what it is to win, and a team that knows what it feels like to go at the postseason. And I think that's worth more than a, a high pick this time around. Um, even if it is just one and done, it's it's back and doing it, and um, and a and a and a huge fill-up for Joe Judge in his first year, which has been I mean, it's had his ups and downs, but I think it's been more encouraging than not. I also like we got we got some feedback on being too harsh in the NFC East earlier in the season, um, but this is this is a scenario that gives us great entertainment yeah. in Week Seventeen. <laughs> We we get I, I I think the fact that the Giants can win the division and host a playoff game, or pick as high as third, in a seventeen game season is incredible. It's one one of the most incredible things. And as much as it's been a division that struggled a lot this season, uh, I, I think it's going to give us some of the most entertainment in Week Seventeen. No division's got more box office than the NFC East. <laughs> But no, no division's gotten more crap as well. That's the thing. <laughs> and that's why it's so popular. To, to go on a slightly different tangent, there's one uh, other NFC uh, playoff storyline that I wanted to cover. And this is because this was completely news to me. So the, the battle for the final or the final two places in the NFC 
wild card are Chicago, Arizona, and LA. LA, Jared Goff got injured and injured his thumb yesterday. He's broken or dislocated. Apparently, he's going to try and play, but he might not be able to. The Cardinals, uh, Kyler Murray had a lower leg injury yesterday. He might not play this weekend. The Rams' backup is John Walford, who I knew a little bit, and I've seen him played in preseason and things like that. The Cardinals' backup is genuine a player, genuinely a player who, when I read his name today, I said, that's not actually an NFL quarterback. His name is Chris Streveler. I have never heard of this person in my life. Now, bear in mind that you know I haven't been doing grading in NFL games this past season. Couldn't even tell you what college you went to. I genuinely have never heard of him in my life. And he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, that, that's on me for not knowing who he is, but we're potentially going to get someone called Chris Streveler playing for a playoff place this week. Everybody knows who big Chris is. Come on. <laughs> the big S is he's called. Come on. Streveler. Oh, come on. Everybody knows him. There have be been him. some extremely random names popping up as starting quarterbacks this season. It's been a season like no That's the beauty of... COVID, as, as horrific as it's been to the wider world and to the season in general, it has allowed players who would not even have had a sniff of having a game this year <laughs> to, to get into the spotlight. And wouldn't it just be wonderful if uh, the Cincinnati Bengals' fifth-choice quarterback did the dirty on the Ravens in Week 17? Or, for example, another quarterback from some team that you've never heard of lobbed in a grenade and became a household name. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. I've just I've just Googled. I'm going to just skim over that clear. <laughs> I've, uh, I've just Googled Chris Streveler, and uh, I would encourage everyone to do this. The first image when you do, I think he played in Canada. I think this is him holding up the Grey Cup. He is wearing a brown fur coat. He has a thick gold chain around his neck. He has sunglasses like Brett the Hitman Hart. He has a white cowboy hat on, uh, and he has a beard. And he's and outside of the fur coat, he's topless. I, I mean, I've never wanted a player to win a game more in my life. Is it Ryan Fitzpatrick's cousin? It looks <laughs> like him, yeah. That's, that's just called Friday in Motherwell. <laughs> um, right, let's try and bring this back on track in some shape or form. But no, we're not going to do that, but never mind. Another question that's been submitted. Um, if money was no object, if, if money was no object, what NFL-related gift would you buy for someone else on the NFL Scotland team? Wow. What's so if money was no object, I would buy Gordon a pair of signed Juju Smith-Schuster dancing shoes. Uh, I think that he would appreciate them for everything that they are. I would, I would throw them in the bin with the same velocity <laughs> that... I can't even remember the safety's name for the Bengals. It's escaped me now. Hit him with a Monday Night Football as they lost that game. I think the the single biggest unnecessary noise around anything has been around Smith Schuster dancing on logos. He does it every game. Let him dance. Let him dance. Don't stifle the. Let's not stifle the arts. This is twenty twenty. We're not. We're not the Tory government. If he wants to dance, <laughs> let him dance. You know, let's just let him dance. Who are we to tell him otherwise? Juju Smith-Schuster should have gone into cyber. (laughs) Ah, that one will not translate well to any of the (laughs) approximately 15% of our audience that's based in America. But hey-ho, you can Google it, folks. It was a campaign over here. It was a shambles. But yeah, anyway. Right, that's my one. Anyone else got anything that they want to submit to this question? 
Don't, I mean, I don't have anything good. I'd probably just buy people, someone a mug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I would get uh, probably, Cameron, I would get you a personalized message. Um, and I would also get him to send you a bottle of his favorite hair color. DK Metcalf would send you a personalized <laughs> message on video. Plus, he would send you some of his purple hair coloring in the post that you could dial your hair purple. So you could I got no issue with the coloring. No issues with the color. I would, do you know what? I'd embrace it. I'd put it in. I've got white hair. I bet a purple might look nice on me. So I'd welcome it. You look like I'd a Ravens it. fan. Uh, I'd also like to once again go on record and say that I think that DK Metcalf is an exceptional talent. He's a great player. Yeah, I just am very excited about the fact that he's faster than someone that's smaller than him that doesn't know he's behind him. Hey, <laughs> there you go. Um, Tyreek Hill, by the way, didn't he do well to close down the boy? Said, Nabdi, because it's Nabdi came at calf. Anyway, right, I'll stop the shouting again. Um, anyone so, else? So are, is the San Francisco change colours for next season grey and purple? <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you what I'd do. I would buy the Buccaneers pirate ship and I'd take it up to New England and pop it in the stadium there for Bill Belichick <laughs> because, let's be honest, that would be the best return he could get out of sending Tom Brady down there because they've been shocking this season. I'm, I'm surprised to hear that Bill Belichick's part of the NFL Scotland team. Bill Belichick, you know, on. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I mean, Bill, I mean, I obviously chat to him every week about the podcast. <laughs> You know, um, no, I mean, in, in terms of gifts, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, perhaps a ticket to the San Francisco 49er stadium for you, Cameron, um, or so you could go and see your team play at home and then buy a flight to Arizona for you so you could actually go and watch your team play at home. Yeah. That sounds nice. In yeah, I'm not nice like that. <laughs> right. Uh, we're going to go on to Charles's quiz, but before we do that, uh, Paul, I believe that you've got an unopened Christmas present, um, which hopefully you have somewhere within the vicinity. Uh, he's gonna yeah. have, are you going to have to go and get it, or is it still there? No, no, I knew, I knew you were going to do this. Yes, so that's here. fine. So... Um, a little gift. So uh, somebody genuinely gave us this question. I was like, oh, isn't this perfect? Because the NFL Scotland team have uh, have bought Paul a little gift. Um, so you, we'll get you to open this and you can just describe it, um, what it is. It's from the whole team, although I think Charles and uh, Jamie might be somewhat surprised to see what this is. I'm, um, I've seen the film Seven, oh. I'm fearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's eight of Drew Brees' ribs. <laughs> right, well, it's, it's past the cadaver dog test, so that's fine to start with. Um, I don't think it's ticking, which also helps. Oh, Is it God. Drew Brees' career? <laughs> It's certainly a mug, so it could be. It is his career. <laughs> so let, let's have a look at this. And this is the bubble wrap that I'm now taking off, coming out of the box. Yeah, definitely. Uh, breeze. Needs bubble wrap. Uh, there we go. What can I say? I can describe this as a mug. It's got an American football player on it and some imposter. Uh, it's standing next to him. One is wearing number nine, which is Drew Breeze. The other is wearing number two. And it says a belter. And breeze. Oh, it's magnificent. <laughs> so, what, what 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 can I say apart from that is absolutely tremendous. Um, it looks like Jameis Winston has got his middle finger up, but I'm not quite sure about that. It just looks like that. He's uh, uh, 
He's doing one of these, Paul. Is it? Is it his win sign? Yeah. There we go. He's eating a W. He's eating a W. So every time you have your cup of coffee, you can you can have it in the company of your favourite belter, Jameis Winston. Merry Christmas from the NFL Scotland team, Paul. Uh, I was going to say I'm touched, but to be honest, it's you lot that are touched. <laughs> uh, many thanks to Goat Designs for that one. They came through with that. So we reached out to them. We said, hey, guys, uh, could you do us this design? They did it especially for you, Paul. That's a custom mug. That is a custom mug, one of a kind. It, it is utterly tremendous. I have to say the, the artwork on it is utterly tremendous. <laughs> and... Uh, Clearly, it was put in the box by Drew Brees and not by Jameis Winston because it's in one piece and it, it delivered correctly. So there we I go. I mean, it made its made its way all the way to Edinburgh. So I very much doubt Drew Brees could do it that. <laughs> hey, he took it to the post office. Come on, stop stop being uncharitable. Right, Charles. Um, I believe you've got a quiz for us now, so I'm going yeah. to hand this over to you. Yeah, Christmas time. Everyone loves uh, a party game or two. We were, I was debating whether we could play NFL spin the bottle, but I thought that might be a little bit risque for this podcast, <laughs> especially for some of us six, six wines in. So um, this is a test of how much my fellow podcast members know. And obviously the listeners, all the listeners, if you're, you know, if you've got a pen and paper handy, um, you know, scribble down your answers and ultimately Guys, you're going to have to mark your own. So no cheating, Cameron. Ultimately, this is a test of this season. There's a little bit of historical knowledge in there as well. A few topics that we have touched on, but this is to see whether we actually know anything about this season and whether actually we justify even doing this podcast at all. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, okay, so 10 questions. There's a few bonus questions. Points in there potentially as well. Question number one, really easy one uh, to start. This year's Super Bowl is being held in Tampa. How many times has the city hosted the Super Bowl oh, really, previously? Really easy one. Jesus. So write your answer down. Everyone's uh, sitting at home listening to this going, Christ almighty, I don't need this. <laughs> Question number two. Which player leads the NFL in receiving yards through 16 weeks? Gordon's nodding. You bloody should get this. Thank not. You should get this. <laughs> you work in the industry. You'll be fired if you don't get this question right. <laughs> question number three. This is another one Gordon should get. Who is the only quarterback to feature in the top three in completion percentage, passing yards, passer rating, and touchdown interception ratio this season. Very serious faces here. Yeah. Good. This is where it matters. Oh, absolutely. Um, I forgot to say that the prize for the winner is Cameron's going to buy everybody out of the NFL Scotland budget um, as many burgers as they like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Cameron, if you on. win... Can I use the budget to pay for the burgers? <laughs> yes. You, you, you use the budget to pay for the mug, so... <laughs> Question number four. Um, the New York Jets are now locked into the number two pick, it seems, uh, and they are still set on drafting a quarterback in April, although it's probably not going to be Trevor Lawrence now. However, perhaps it might be a good idea to keep Sam Darnold, as much as we all have castigated him on this podcast over the last few weeks. Only one team has ever reached the Super Bowl after drafting a quarterback with the number two pick. Which team is it? And which player did they draft? And I'll give you a clue. 
He played in the Super Bowl in the noughties. Only one team has ever reached the Super Bowl after drafting a quarterback with the number two pick. Which team is it and who was it? I'm struggling at this quiz. I thought this was easy. Jamie's looking distraught. <laughs> He's looking around for help. Right. He's looking around for his wine. <laughs> Question five. This next two questions are about the fraudulent Pittsburgh Steelers. The fraudulent Steelers have five players with at least five touchdowns this season. Only one team in history has ever done this before. Who was it? And I'll give you a clue. It was in 2018. So it was very, very recently. Only one team in history before the fraudulent Pittsburgh Steelers has had five players with five touchdowns in a season. Question number six. The Steelers ran for 20 yards against the Colts on Sunday and won, which was frankly not unexpected given their running game has gone to bits. I've had James Conner in my fantasy team for weeks and weeks. I should have ditched him a long time ago. Anyway, the 20 yards was the second lowest Steelers total of rushing in a, in a win ever. And they've been going for 90 years. So it was pretty much the, wor- the, sec- you know, the second worst performance they've ever had. As a, as a rushing team when they won a game. But the question here is, which team holds the record for the lowest rushing total ever? And you get a bonus if you can uh, name how many yards they had. Which team holds the record for the lowest rushing total ever in a game? <sighs> there are only 32 teams in the league, so you've got a 1 in 32 chance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, question seven concerns the soft Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> the soft Ravens run the ball 54.5% of their offensive plays, which is a good thing too, because who would trust the quarterback? They run for 177 yards a game, which you could argue is football played in the last century. 14 teams have won the Super Bowl with a similar percentage rate of running, but only one team has done it. Since the year 2000, which team was it? Which team, since the year 2000, won the Super Bowl running the ball as much as the Ravens do now? Which basically rules out the Ravens winning the Super Bowl this year, Gordon. It's all right. The Ravens have done that already. (laughs) Uh, Question number eight. Which current NFL quarterback was the first to throw for 400 yards in three consecutive games. Say that again, sorry. Which Which current NFL quarterback was the first to throw for 400 yards in three consecutive games? Jeez. Question number nine concerns the player otherwise known as God. Aaron Rodgers is going to be voted the league MVP this year for the third time this season. If he's not, then there's a stewards inquiry. Can you name the four players that he will join on three MVP awards if he wins it or when he wins it? 
So four players have won three MVP awards. Who are they? You get a point for each. And question number 10, which Paul will be delighted at. Who is playing the halftime show at this year's Super Bowl? Oh, God. <laughs> I hadn't even heard of them and I didn't like them. Jeez. Um, <laughs> you, you know what? It's interesting because I do vaguely remember the announcement then vaguely going, you know what? I was more interested in the Rugby World Cup draw and that was about three years away. So, oh. Very good. Um, do you want me to run through any of these questions again? Or will we just go straight to the answers? And I'm trusting you all, especially you, Hobbs, to mark them properly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can send you a photo of them if you want. No, it's fine. It's fine. After the uh, Wonderlick test, uh, I think we're all good. <laughs> Remember the disaster that was that? <laughs> all right. Okay. So feel free to shout out the answer when I ask you the question. So uh, question number one, uh, which was about the Super Bowl. This year's Super Bowl is being held in Tampa. How many times has this city hosted the Super Bowl before? Anyone? Four. Four. Correct. Four times. Very good. I got that one wrong. I said three. Right. I went. I went to, I've got a friend whose uh, rule is if you, if it's a counting question in a quiz and you know a certain number, add one to it. The Ravens beat the Giants in Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. That's the only one I'm aware of, so I went to. <laughs> Saints won it down there as well. So there we yeah, go. very good. Um, I didn't know that. I've done a lot of nerdy research this afternoon, so there we go. Uh, question number two. Which player leads the NFL in receiving yards through 16 weeks? Come on, I know Gordon. this was true as of like two weeks ago. I don't know if it still is. Is it Travis Kelsey? Correct. It is Travis Kelsey. An absolute stud for two Arons make a right in the fantasy world. <laughs> I also got that one wrong. I went for the wrong chief. I went for Tyreek Hill. It's Travis Kelsey with 1,416 yards, which is also a tight end record, Gordon, correct? Yeah, I think, I think uh, yeah, he's, he's now set the record. He broke the record that Kettle broke a year ago. Yeah, so... So he's better than DeAndre Hopkins, then. Uh, <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, you wouldn't get second-round pick for him, would you? Hats off to Travis Kelsey. Question number three. Who is the only quarterback to feature in the top three in completion percentage, passing yards, passer rating, and touchdown-interception ratio? Has to be Rodgers. Yeah, there's no mm -hmm. way we go through this entire quiz without not Aaron Rodgers. It's not yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Go on, Ann. Go on, Jamie. Go on. Tannehill. No, it's not Ryan Tannehill. Hang on, oh. how many games played? Uh, that's not part of the question. Ah, oh, this is a trick question. It's like Colt it's McCoy not. or something. It's not. He's produced one of the greatest NFL seasons in in recent years, and yet his team is four and eleven. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Shit. Uh, also, uh, two Arons make a right fantasy stud. So, so. so instead of his actual team, we should have looked at his fantasy team for the answers here. If no, Corey Davis me. comes out of this next, then I'm raging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, question four. The, number, uh, the New York Jets are locked into the number two pick, but maybe they should keep Sam Darnold because only one team has ever reached the Super Bowl after drafting a quarterback with the number two pick. Which team is it and who did they draft? Not only... So they've actually technically done it twice. Go on. Only the second time... He was injured, and they won the Super Bowl. The first time they did it was the Philadelphia Eagles with Donovan McNabb. Correct. And then they then got the Super Bowl after drafting Carson Wentz, but he was crippled. 
Very trouble. good, Gordon. Well done. You get to. Uh, I got your... that one. I got that one. So. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. That was a good question. I like that one. Question five. The fraudulent fake um, are not going to win the Super Bowl. Pittsburgh Steelers have got five players with five touchdowns this season. Only one team in history has done it. Who was it? It's got You're going to love this one, Mitchell. Patriots, surely. No? Uh-uh. Oh, really? No? Uh-uh. Saints? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Peace. There's I, a I, link there. No, I mean, I wrote Kansas City was my guess. but So it's the Rams. The offensive powerhouse, Jameis Winston piloted oh. a Bay Buccaneer. <laughs> <laughs> In 2018. <clears throat> so the Patriots have never had five different players scoring more than five touchdowns nope. in a single season. No, nope. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2018, which is why New Orleans have completely missed a trick by not getting James yeah. since there. Because it would be an absolute offensive wonderland. But yeah. there we go. All he can do is hand it off to Don Kamara and Payne chuck it best. To Yeah, hand it off to Taysom Hill. Brilliant. <laughs> um, question six. Which team holds the record for the lowest rushing total ever in any game, all time? And I'll give. I tell you what. Here's a bonus point if you can get within if you can get within ten yards of what they actually re- registered in that game. So who was it? I don't have a clue for this one. No. Nah. The, the Detroit Lions oh. with negative fifty-three yards. Jesus. <laughs> I don't oh. even know how it's possible. Lots and lots of tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Lots of, is lots of extremely bad play calling. <laughs> clearly. Um, question seven. The soft Baltimore Ravens run the ball 54.5% of their offensive plays. 14 Super Bowl winners have recorded a similar percentage of rates of runs or higher on their way to the Vince Lombardi trophy, but only one team has done it this century. Which team was it? All right, Gordon will particularly not like the answer here. I so I actually think I know. So my first, I had three three guesses, but I have the one I'm going to settle on. So I thought could be the 2000 Ravens. I don't think it's them. Could be the 2001 Patriots. I don't think it's them. I think it's the Steelers. The year Roethlisberger was a rookie. You are good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, because he's, cause he's right. the worst starting quarterback to win a Super Bowl. He is indeed. Well, uh, do you know what? He would, uh, yeah, he is, because I keep forgetting that the Chicago Bears didn't win it with Rex Grossman, um, <laughs> which would have been a total travesty to the whole sport. But, um, and they were they were a pretty bad team as well. But yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers 2005. So, yeah. I've done terribly here. Just going to say that right now. I've got one right so far. I got McNabb and the Eagles. Which current NFL quarterback was the first to throw for 400 yards in three consecutive games? I'm, I've, I've disgraced myself already, so I might as well commit to this. Philip Rivers. Mm, next. Uh, I went Rogers just because I assumed you weren't getting through this whole quiz without a Rogers answer. Man, I'll get, and I'll give you a, I'll give you a clue. He's now, well, I'll give you a clue after you've asked the question. He, uh, man of the weekend for me, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Patrick. Really? Oh, yeah. oh, he did. It was at the start of start of what two Last- seasons ago. Was yeah. it not last season? 2018. No, 2018. When he was 2018. With, uh, yeah, the Bucks. Bon- bonus question: How many NFL teams has Ryan Fitzpatrick thrown a touchdown pass for? Eight. Correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to ask you if you name the teams. We'll be here all night. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's, he started for the Bills for three years, did he not? Yeah, he did for the Bengals as well. Yeah. Jets. Dolphins, Bucks, Jets. Jets. Texans. Oh, yeah. Titans, apparently, too. What a man. Uh, and he's never played in the playoffs. So there you go. Um, question number nine. Um, Aaron Rodgers will be the MVP. Otherwise, there'll be a steward's inquiry. Who will he join on three MVP awards? Brady, Manning, and Favre. Ah, but there's four players. Oh, is there four of them? Who's the fourth? Montana. Nope. Nope. Oh, so I thought there was only three. I thought you said three. I so there's a four, fourth one. That's all right. You can have a fourth. You can get a bit of extra time. Jerry Rice. Nope. He had no. two, actually. He had two MVP awards. There you go. Manning, Brady, Favre, and one other. Kurt Warner. Is it, can we get a clue? Is it, is it a quarterback? Yes. Oh, is it from yesteryear? Is it from a long time ago? Define a long time ago. Is it uh, Marino? D- Dan Marino. No, 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 it's not Dan Marino. It is a quarterback, though. And again, Bradshaw. Gordon should be getting this. Oh. This is not good. It's just a Ravens Flacco, quarterback. That's for sure. It's not Flacco. It it's not <laughs> Can you imagine if Joe Flacco was invo- was voted MVP ever? He was voted Super Bowl MVP. Let's not forget that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've not. The correct answer is. Baltimore Colts quarterback Johnny Unitas. I did oh. not realize he won four. I knew he won a Three couple. Three MVP awards. Three MVP awards for Johnny Unitas. I did not know that either until I did my research. And the bon- uh, the final question is, who is playing the halftime show at this year's Super Bowl? I believe it's what, if I'm right in who it is, it's what, despite the fact that it's Monday, I still think this is. It's yes. It's the weekend. <laughs> it is the weekend. The weekend, Yes. Hottest. Paul, can you name a weekend song? No. <laughs> Couldn't even told you they were a band. I'll tell you what, they won't be played in my house. Yeah. That's for sure. I was going to say, I thought Paul was going to turn around and say the Charleston there. Yeah, and only at the weekends. There's none of that music in my house during the week. <laughs> Black Eyed Peas, The Who, Prince, all brilliant in the Super Bowl. Tim McGraw was great as well. Don't know who these weekend people are. Off they trot. The weekend people. If you're looking, if you're looking to name a weekend song, you can just look at uh, Drew Brees in January this year and go blinded by the Blinding lights. Light. <laughs> that was Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Oh, uh, you stole my line. Uh, Come on. Oh dear. So get- right, come on, scores of the doors. Did, did you say we got? How many did you get if you got the Eagles and the quarterback? Oh, you get a bonus point if you get the quarterback. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> I got six. Seven. <laughs> ah, Jamie got three. Oh, Paul's going to eight or nine because he sat there quietly and wrote down the answers as you read them out. <laughs> uh, I thought he was going to say read between the lines there. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I got Brady as well. Put that up to four. Four. Very good. As well. That was a tough quiz. That was definitely a tough quiz. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Very good. I, I knew. I knew it had to. There had to be an element of um, kind of jeopardy to it because Gordon spends his whole day working out these kind of things. So <laughs> I, had to, I had to get in there something that was going to be slightly complicated and awkward for him. So we're already at the bumper edition stage, but let's let's keep going. Anyone got any topics that they want to bring up? I do have some more questions, but uh, does any? I'll open it up to the floor. Throw, any other topics? Throw the questions out there because uh, they, uh, we're all kind of. 
stat, statoed out by this yes. point in this right season. there's a, there's enough teams that we've already spiked and thrown in the bin that we want to so, talk about yeah we need to tap into we tap into the emotions the irrational hatred this is this is the content that people tune in to listen most overrated player in the NFL at the moment and why Jamie Borthwick let's start with you who's the most overrated player in the NFL and it just bugs you uh, uh. <laughs> Who's the most overrated player in the NFL? Anyone in the Dallas Cowboys. Would you like me to move on and come back to you, Jamie? Yeah, <laughs> Jordan, I'm, like, Jamie. Me. I'm completely <laughs> unprepared for that. <laughs> right, McGuinness, you're opinionated. Uh, I'm going to go with a quarterback that I had to listen to people describe as being an MVP candidate because his team went 11-0 and and he can't throw the ball further than five yards down the field. It's Ben Roethlisberger. He's not, like, to the point that... Even he's not had a losing now, season. He's not had a losing season. I, I, I mean, I could care less when it comes to stuff like that. He has <laughs> come out this week and said, oh, I'm going to play next season. And... Fans all of a sudden, after thinking he was an MVP candidate four games ago, are like, eh, I mean, maybe like don't just take maybe your time, time Ben. Take your time, Ben. Don't don't rush into these things. Just yeah, yeah mull it ben over. <laughs> Fair enough. In fact, and even if you, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on the Steelers. Eight. If you want a, a runner up for that, Marquise Pouncey, the center for the Steelers, um, and Johnny Bailey is going to be furious if he listens to this podcast. So just writing off Steelers. Here. Marquise Pouncey makes the Pro Bowl every single year as a center, and there's not a starting center in the NFL who struggles to snap the ball, which is a fairly key uh, part of that role, more often than Pouncey does. He will have numerous bad snaps that could result in fumbles every single season, and every year they still vote him to the Pro Bowl because he was drafted in the first round. It's fair. Any other contenders here? Overrated. Overrated. Yeah. Jared, Jared Overrated. Goff. Overrated. I, 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 was, yeah, I was thinking about Jared Goff there. Yeah, I think actually Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. I remember the hoo-ha about which which one of the two that the Rams were going to draft first. And there was so much debate about, oh, we should, you should be drafting Wentz because he does this. And you should be drafting Goff because he does that. And eventually they went for Jared Goff. And, you know, at the end of the day, You'd probably take neither of them, frankly, now. Yeah. And uh, while, while we're at it, Sean McVeigh, highly yeah. overrated as a coach as well. I know he's decent, but the, the level of slurpage that came regarding Sean McVeigh was just horrendous. Utterly horrendous. Away they what go. Word. There you go, bit of slurpage. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I honestly, and while we're having a go at various things, uh, I've been able to watch some of the NFL Network. Good morning, football. Um, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not having is, good morning football. Slap. No, is that, no, is it's a good show. I'm not having this. Hang on, let him finish. No. people in that show are great. I no, agree. But let's let's hear. The, let's see where he's going here. I wonder if he's taking us down a merry path. It, everybody said good morning football great show great show great people great show utter pish and please save me from any more NFL network arseholes saying if there was a team in London what would it be called who produces this shit 
Can we just stop it? The the stuff that I've watched and I've and Gordon, believe me, I have tried. I went into Good Morning Football with an open mind, and every time I turn it on, it is utter pish. So who, who knew who knew when Paul said he was on coke? It wasn't the coke. <laughs> <laughs> My mouth was open so long there, I actually thought I'd become a sex doll. That was, I mean, as claims go, for the love of God, what? Good morning, football is one of the best football shows on the NFL Network by Country Mile. It's well, brilliant other, content every must, day. The others must be rubbish. Then it <sighs> is the most smug, self-centered badly produced program I have watched in a long, long time. Well, you've obviously not seen sports scene. (laughs) (laughs) You can edit that bit out, can't you? Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Well, I tell you what, if you're listening to this podcast and you've just heard Paul Mitchell say that um, Good Morning Football is one of the most overrated uh, shows full of smug people and bad production Please, uh, at P.W. Mitchell, I think is what it is. We'll make sure and tag him on this one. Let him know your thoughts. Let him know your thoughts. Just even even look at like the the segments they have. So Kyle Brandt does Angry Runs, which is one of the best football segments on TV where they just highlight runs where people bulldoze over defenders. It's great. I I cannot understand why you don't like that. No, I I genuinely am surprised as well. I just, How original. It's, it's different. Jeez. This is the thing. Next, they'll be getting quarterbacks who can pass the ball. Gee whiz, what a segment that will be. Jeez. Does that angry include... running backs. My God, how did they think of that? Uh, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. ends that can catch. Hang on. on. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Counterpoint to that then, right? If you don't want to see running backs running with the football, what is the content you want to see running backs do? I'm quite happy watching the context of a game. I don't need some clown to clip up two or three things and say, these running backs were really angry when they ran. Yeah, who cares what their emotional state is? Just get in the damn yard. <laughs> I mean, I think we know what Paul's emotional state <laughs> So your issue is with highlight shows? No, Good Morning Football's rubbish. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Jamie's stunned into silence. Jamie's just sitting there looking confused, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> Oh, that's just been my default factory setting tonight, <laughs> Oh, good God. Someone, please, give us give us some rich content. It's going to take the flack off of Paul. Um, <laughs> good God, man. Ask me, ask me another question. Go on. I'm, I'm quite happy. Okay, what would you rather do, Paul? Dance on the Bengals logo and live with the consequences or look after and wash Robert Kraft's sauna towels? <laughs> She was. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's not a happy ending to this question. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? I mean, dancing on logos. I mean, just to put them on TikTok. Brilliant. I mean, it, it's a great idea. If that's what attracts and gets the clicks and, and looks at it, if that's what reaches out, that's fine. If that's what people want. It's interesting. You know, we are getting to the stage where different people want to d- consume football in different ways, and that's absolutely fine. And some people uh, want to watch angry runs. Well, that, that's that's fine. You get tablets for that as well, by the way, if you want to stop it. Um, <laughs> I would have thought TikTok was right up Ballbag Street for you, frankly. Oh, I mean, TikTok, I mean... You know, you're not on TikTok yet? <laughs> With these boomerang moves? 
Jeez, uh, I'd, I'd never want to see that again, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, at least the people listening to this didn't have to see that. Yeah, that's that's not a ma- that's not catching on that. The, but, the Chick yeah, Patterson there. Uh, not as good as my singing. <laughs> no, I am not against these things. If that's what people want to do, that's entirely fine. That's not how I want to consume my football. I don't want TikTok and I don't want Good Morning Football. So there. <laughs> oh, it's. I mean. Showing your age here, Mitch. Just... No, it's, it's, it's nothing to do with it. You, know, you look at various things. Generational things, you know, see? You know, it, do, do things make it better for you? It doesn't for me. If it does for others, that's fine. If they want to do that. I've no problem with idiots dancing on logos and posting them on, on videos. That, that's fine. Go for it if that's what you want to do. I've run out of wine, by the way. Oh, that dear. Is, that is traumatic. <laughs> I think that's probably the main reason I've gone all quiet. <laughs> You don't got your rainbow straws to eat now. That's true. I might have to find some whiskey. Depends how long we've got left, host. Oh, well, listen, I'll go as long as you guys are sitting here chatting. I've got one or two questions left, not a huge amount. Uh, I'm now, I, I, I genuinely was sitting thinking about my overrated players, and now I can't think about anything about... I've been absolutely rattled. I'll, I'll Jimmy Garoppolo. There's one right there. Uh, for well, you. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mr. $134 million of absolute crap. Totally. I, I don't disagree. I don't think he's overrated, though. I think he's just overpaid. So, I mean, Kirk Cousins is in that conversation as well, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with this, to be honest. Overrated players. Overrated players. Overrated oh, George, George Kittle to start with. But. George Kittle is not overrated. He's absolute <laughs> class. Um, I, I, yeah, do you know what? It's, it's a tough one, that. It's, uh, I'll think about that and, and we'll keep coming around to it. Um, Gordon, I think you had a, a one that you wanted to raise about rookie quarterbacks. So this is this is more a take rather than a question, and one that I'm fairly certain Paul will absolutely disagree with, and I'm very excited for him to disagree with. So, if the NFL draft was today, the Miami Dolphins would have the third overall pick in the draft, courtesy of uh, the Houston Texans trading two first-round draft picks for Laramie Tunsil. Best trade ever. With that pick, the Miami Dolphins currently should draft a quarterback. Controversial. But so, I don't know that Paul's going to disagree with you here. So the, the logic to this, and this is not a, this is not an I don't think Tua is good, but it's far too important a position. You don't get many, many chances to pick in the top five. The Dolphins look like a fairly solid team that probably aren't going to finish with anything less than seven or eight wins the next few years. Um, increase your chance on hitting on a quarterback. You don't... What we've seen from Tua so far is okay. It's not great. He hasn't shown you anything that says this is 100% the guy we're building a franchise around. So Trevor Lawrence goes number one. The next two likely guys are Justin Fields at Ohio State. Zach Wilson from BYU has kind of came out of nowhere this year. Take a quarterback at three. Um, you know, people are going to say draft an offensive tackle, do whatever there, but if you hit on a quarterback... You know, or if they don't hit, if Tua doesn't pan out, we've seen what happened to Washington last year. They could have taken Tua or Herbert at two, and instead they took Chase Young. Chase Young, I think, is great, but the reason why they didn't take a quarterback was because we want to see what happens with Dwayne Haskins, and it's not even 2021, and they've released him. The one, they are the one team, Miami, who you could potentially see doing that, given their current quarterback setup, whereby they appear to be the only team in the league that's embraced 
um, the football or the, the what we know is football psychology of bring on a super sub <laughs> because they don't do that in the NFL. And they've been talking about this kind of concept of he was benched. He got benched because he was playing badly. He was benched. No, he was done and he got taken off and they brought on the super sub to win the game. Football teams around the globe, rugby teams around the globe do that. They don't do that in the NFL. I've never understood why, but Brian Flores, the Miami head coach, has clearly got a system right that Fitzpatrick's ready to come on and win the game if Tua, for whatever reason, either blows a gasket or starts falling to pieces. Now, I think he would trust that Tua could probably get through a game, but they have got this weird symmetry in place and this relationship and acceptance that Fitzpatrick can come off the bench to win the game if necessary. Makes him really dangerous going into the playoffs. Brian Flores, I thought, had a really good line about the fact that if they need to bring in the relief pitcher in the ninth inning to win the game and see it out, then so be it. That's exactly what they'll do. And I thought, do you know what? That's a really forward thinking because you would do it at any other position. Why would you not do it with your quarterback? If your quarterback on that given day is not performing or is just not able to find the extra yards and you've got a guy sitting on the bench that you know is perfectly capable of doing something special when it matters, then bring them on and show them in there. I understand why two was put in. I understand that Ryan Fitzpatrick is being the best teammate he possibly can be. I understand that that's a very noble American sports um, mantra that I, I, I highly value. I think it shows a great human character in people, but you know, I think that the fact that Fitzpatrick can come on there and do what he does is brilliant for the Dolphins. And I would love to see the Dolphins in the postseason. I genuinely think they deserve it. To Gordon's point, I have been massively underwhelmed by Tua. I think that he's been a massive disappointment. I think that for all the hype, you know, he came in injured, fine. He's clearly not injured. He is over that injury. The thing that I wonder about, and this is where I guess this is always the challenge with um, college football uh, quarterbacks, um, and I've got no idea if this actually translates into anything, but Tua was obviously at Alabama, where he was blessed with talent, playing against a lot of opposition that at times didn't have an awful lot, certainly on defense. Um, quite often he would be playing up against other good teams that were more offensive-minded than defense. Even LSU in the season that LSU were really good under Burrow became much more focused on the offense than the defense. When you then move into the NFL and you go into a team that perhaps doesn't have that depth of talent and you're not able to make those opportunities, that's when you're showing up for maybe not being the player that you're going to be. And I wonder then, Gordon, if there's perhaps something in that that, you know, getting a quarterback from a, a team that perhaps isn't winning but is able to drive down the field, even with the pieces that they've got not being the best, is perhaps better setting up that quarterback to translate into an NFL team that perhaps doesn't have the talent which is more likely for a team that's going to be drafting in the early rounds or the early uh, early rounds, early numbers of the first round. And therefore, you are almost looking for someone who can, who can do it in spite of what's around them, not do it because of what's around them. I think it's one of those things that the more, and you know, we've, we've learned a lot over the last seven years of doing um, like grading and analysis into college football. It's something that you learn more and more about every single season. Um, quarterbacks who have a lot of talent around them have players who get open and have a lot of easier passes than make them look good in college. Josh Allen had fairly poor receivers around him. Daniel Jones had fairly poor receivers around him. Their quarterbacks would look like they might have some success in the NFL. So I think it's one of those things that 
there isn't really a one size fits all. You're going to have great quarter, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one overall in the draft and has had really good talent around him at Clemson. Joe Burrow, who went number one last year, uh, his top receiver from last year probably goes um, in the top five, top 10 this year in Jamar Chase. And he had Justin Jefferson, who's the best rookie wide receiver in the NFL. So it's one of those things that you can kind of mix and match. I think you have to, you almost have to be able to try and um, evaluate the quarterback out with the talent around them. And that's something that I think is very difficult. If you look at Justin Herbert, and obviously at Oregon, which, you know, they had a decent season under him, absolutely. Um, I can't exactly remember their record, but it was something in two, um, I think. But you look at the talent that he had around him, there's not really any of those wide receivers that spring to mind, and I'm looking at the list now, that have, have gone on to play and be any kind of factor, certainly this season, in the um, in the NFL. The There's... If you... If you judge it purely on how many of that squad have clickable names on Wikipedia, um, you know, you're, it's a very small number. Uh, Joanne Johnson is probably about the only one who's at the Saints. But I, I, I love the idea that the way to draft a receiver is to check if they've got a Wikipedia page. <laughs> but you like, are so far ahead of your time, Mr. Hobbs. <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. However, I'm going to stop you there because this is like being a bloody question time. Gordon asked me a question about 15 minutes ago. Oh, so now sorry. I'll get a chance to ask you. I'm with you, Gordon. If I'm Miami, I draft a quarterback. Now, if I take you back to one of the earlier episodes of the NFL Scotland podcast, I argued, now it doesn't matter how good or bad and different he turned out to be, but I argued that Arizona should have kept both Josh Rosen with Kyler Murray because it spreads the chance. Two number one picks over two years, they're under team-friendly deals, go for it and wait and see. I mean, Josh Rosen, I still don't think we know whether Josh Rosen's half decent or not. It would suggest he's not, given the fact he's not been given the chance. But I would have evaluated them side by side and went just you know, done a talent contest between them. I think absolutely Miami should do the same. Get yourself another quarterback. If Tua doesn't work, then you've got the other guy in the building. Cheap at the price. Go for it. I also think Tua's mentally strong enough to handle that. I remember when he was at Alabama, he got benched in the national championship game or the SEC championship game. I can't remember which one it was for Jalen Hurts who came on, won the game for them. I think it was the national championship. Um, it was, yeah. It was. Um, and and the, the the opposite had happened the year before. Hurts got benched for Tua. Um, and both of those guys the entire time handled it with a ton of class, didn't really get themselves bothered. We saw Tua got benched for Fitzpatrick on Saturday night. I think it was Saturday. Days don't really count this time of year. Um, and, and he was delighted when Fitzpatrick drove him down the field at the end. He looked genuinely happy. So I don't think you upset him by drafting a quarterback. I think he's mentally strong enough to think he can win that battle and know the team's just doing what's best. I have one for Jamie. If the Giants get this top five pick, do they go and get a quarterback? Oh, there's, there's you can see the brains fuzzing now. What do I <laughs> no, do? I don't think I he's, he's on the board. I think they've got a lot more problems on offense than a quarterback. Um, no point if they don't have anyone to throw to, and currently they don't have anyone to throw to. Um, the offensive line has got a minimum of two, probably three rookies in it this year, and it's showing progress, but it's not there. It's not there by a long shot. Um, so there's no, 
there's there's far more um, already in place in Miami to allow them to go and do that. Um, and uh, the New York Giants, there are too many pieces of the jigsaw missing for them to go and spend that amount of capital on someone to push Daniel Jones. Daniel needs- Jones should be able to be pushed from within. He needs receivers, doesn't he? I mean, he's not really... Ha- I mean, you look at even Barkley, and it's just such a waste. And you've got to wonder whether Barkley's going to come back. Um, you know, some people who are well out of their fantasy leagues and lost in the semifinals by 0.9 points um, are already looking at Fantasy 2021. And right away, you're thinking, you know, is, is Barkley going to be a first-round pick? Can you trust him to come back from two injuries, two seasons of injury? And um, it, it just... It's such a disappointment. I think, I think I do. One, because he's a freak athlete, and two, yeah. because I think the part of the offensive line that the that the Giants have really improved is in, on the interior and running the ball. Um, I think Lemieux has been an outstanding pickup in the run game, and he's going to get better and better as a proper mauler. Um, yeah, I think you're going to see a far more run-heavy and run-effective Giants next season, and I think... Uh, I think that'll help Barkley come back. Do I mean I, I? I'm going to go back to my running backs being relevant hatred here. Saquon Barkley's career uh, average on runs is 4.7. Wayne Goldman this year for the Giants is 4.2. It's like half a yard difference there. I think drafting a drafting a running back in the top four was their big mistake, but man. If, if you want to improve the running game, then they definitely need to improve the offensive line. So I agree with that. I'm going to move on to the, the other draft story then. Obviously, the Jets have blown the number one pick. Right? They've they've won two games. Uh, the Browns, obviously, it's a... I mean, the Rams, that was a shambles. The Browns, slightly sympathetic because they had no... Not even, not even remotely sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was really harsh was, on the NFL sim- to make them play that game. Who was sympathetic? Who was sympathetic to the Ravens early in the season? Nope, it was, we'll do what we can to play this game, we'll postpone it a, a day at a time, two days at a time. The NFL could have played Week 18, and they decided way back with... Tennessee and New England, I think it was. You got every chance. The NFL bent over backwards for the Ravens and they said, yes, Baltimore, we'll move the game for you. Oh, you need it moved again, do you? Let's push it back some more days. Look look up the Ravens roster from that game and tell me they did everything they could for that. They did everything. They kept shifting. And then they came to the Browns. They did exactly play on Wednesday afternoon to make it work. And and for the the Browns, they're like, come on, Cleveland, crack on, sons. The You're NFL rubbish. were so adamant they weren't playing a week 18 that they got to the point that they could not push it back. This was the point. Week 16 Sunday or week 16 Monday was the point they can't push it back any further because now it bleeds into week 17 and you can't extend week 17 because that bleeds into the playoffs. If the NFL had said six weeks ago when it was clearly needed, okay, we'll have a week 18. In week 18, we would have Cleveland at full strength against the Jets. We would have had the Ravens at full strength against the Steelers. The AFC North would have still been in play potentially in that game. You're just you're just bitter because NBC would rather show somebody switching on a Christmas tree than watching the Baltimore Ravens no, on prime no, time. I've never been happier with something. I got to watch a prime time Ravens game at eight PM. That is the highlight of the season despite the fact they didn't win the game. When it came down to it, the Christmas tree being switched on was much more exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I, I, don't, I don't have a comeback for that. I mean, I wasn't really expecting to be excited by RG3 throwing the football. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. right. You got one last question for us, Cameron, have you? Uh, I don't. Uh, I was going to open it up to the floor. If anyone's got anything that they want to ask, I'm, I'm done with a lot of you, to be perfect. All right. I'm, I'm going to ask you all a question. You're gonna, you might give this some thought, but quick answer. So if the NFL Scotland podcast team went on a tour whenever we were allowed, be it 2021 or 2022, which college stadium and which NFL stadium would you pair together for us to visit? So I'll talk while you think about that. So Cameron and I, when we went to New Orleans, it was to see the Saints in the Superdome. We went to see LSU play in Death Valley. Two tremendous stadiums, two tremendous experiences. Money No Object, which of course it is for most of you guys, Anyway, uh, sell us a college stadium and an NFL stadium. Don't worry about the the travel or anything like that. I want I want two venues from you, and if because I can see you all, if you're ready to give me an answer, raise your hand. Gordon, let's go to you. So I think the ideal scenario is we go to Ann Arbor in Michigan, the weekend of Michigan Ohio State when it's being hosted by Michigan. Michigan are going to lose. I don't really care. I don't care about Michigan, but it'll be a great atmosphere. And then on the Sunday, dream scenario, there is snow in Green Bay and there's a primetime game Sunday or Monday and we go to that because Lambeau feels the stadium we want to go to, but I especially want to see it in the snow. Fantastic. Jamie, you were up next. College stadium-wise, I want to go to Alabama. I think it's probably the first proper college game I sat down and watched all the way through and just start to finish the overheads down to like the atmosphere down on the touchline, just like absolutely unbelievable. Um, and I would love to, to, to visit one of the, the big new all singing, all dancing NFL stadiums actually. And I, I definitely can't say the Cowboys. So I can say Atlanta. Okay. Okay. Uh, Charles, the quiz master. <laughs> I, I I was uh, I think you you kind of need to go to Lambo, but I think Gordon nailed it. If it was going to be an alternative, um, I have to say, as much as I don't like the Seahawks, Seattle is an amazing city, brilliant place, um, and I would I would try and do a cheeky weekend. Go to Oregon. You can drive to Oregon from Seattle in about two hours. Go watch Oregon State, which is where Justin Herbert's just come out of. They've got, they've always got a top team, and then go watch the Seahawks play. Probably whip the Niners. That would be quite good, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think watching the Seahawks at, with a full stadium would be quite good at cent- we, the, the stadium formerly known as Central Lake Field. But that would be my second choice after Lambo in the snow. Lambo in the snow, you can't beat. Cameron. So I think I've got two schools of thought here. Um, and Ann Arbor is one of them. So Ann Arbor and Lambo would be awesome. The other one that I really want to go to, and it, just because I think it looks amazing, is the Colts. Um, because it's built inside that warehouse, I just think it looks really neat, although Gordon's shaking his head. I've, I've been to Indianapolis. Like, I've been in Indianapolis during the week of the Combine. It, like, it, it's fine. You, you wouldn't pick it out of the 32. 
I'd rather go to the brickyard than go to the stadium. I'd rather go and watch the, uh, <laughs> the Indianapolis 500 than go and watch the Colts. I mean, you could make it a whole sporting weekend. Um, the other one that um, tickles my fancy a little bit is going down to Nashville uh, and go and see the Titans there, just because actually Nashville, the city, I feel would have a very similar feel to New Orleans, which was amazing. But no, the one that I'm actually coming up with um, is I'd like to go to the Rose Bowl and I'd like to go to the new Chargers Stadium. Uh, I've said Chargers Stadium because I don't want to go and see the Rams at home. And if you go and see the Chargers, then you can get a pick of seats because there's no fucker there. So you can go to the Rose Bowl for all its history and its wonderfulness. And then you can go to that brand new spanking state-of-the-art stadium and see everything that it's got to offer and see Justin Herbert throwing it to Keenan Allen um, and see Joey Bosa. Um, before he moves to San Francisco to join his brother, just slapping some people around, I'd be quite happy to go and see that. If we're if we're going west coast, then I'm going to have to insist that we at least go Vegas. Oh, I, I, I'm going to Vegas next year. So just putting this out now, I am going <laughs> to Vegas because I'm 40 next year. I am going to Las Vegas at the end of next year, and I definitely want to go and see a Raiders game. That is absolutely on my agenda. Um, I need to figure out how I'm going to make it work. I need to get some kind of vaccine, I believe. Uh, so sign me up. I'll be there, front of the queue. Um, but yes, definitely want to go because I think it looks amazing. And the the great thing about Vegas is you can, you can now see... Uh, hockey, you can see college football and you can see NFL all in the same weekend, which is just awesome. And they're all pretty much within walking distance of each other. So, hallelujah. Um, and then you can go and have the biggest steak for about five bucks after that as well. And you can have champagne for breakfast. I mean, what's not to love? <laughs> a little footnote on, on Ann Arbor, because the most evocative one on Ann Arbor for me is that actually the NHL Winter Classic played there. Um, I would absolutely love to go to that like a Red Wings Blackhawks or something like that Ann Arbor in the snow that would be absolutely incredible how little must you see from the back seats of that stadium when you're watching ice hockey I mean you're just watching people moving around I mean you could like go to Central Park and watch people skate around and have a very similar experience other than some (laughs) flashing lights and some noises (laughs) that's the one thing out the budget by the way this trip are we going (laughs) to How much is the budget going to stretch for? We're going to it sell might, a lot of hoodies. Yeah, yeah hoodies. It, it might buy us a round. It might buy us a round, and I don't know that I can promise any more than that. <laughs> All right, anyone got anything else to add? Because if not, I'm going to wrap it up. Packers are winning the Super Bowl. Oh, See you in February. Right, okay. Well, okay. I think we call things there then. That's the full-time whistle for episode 130 of the NFL Scotland podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Please share your thoughts on this one, our first ever Pishcast, um, on Twitter, at Scotland NFL, and on Facebook by searching for NFL Scotland. Now, before I let Paul close this out, um, obviously we've had on this podcast probably the biggest... Um, outrage to the general public in Scotland since George Galloway attended a Queen of the South game. So the rest of us are going to get round the table and put a half-hour statement of apology out later on. Uh, so look, keep your eyes out for that one. Paul, over to you. Uh, George Galloway is my co-com at Inverness tomorrow night. It's a way of him <laughs> legally getting into the stadium. So I'm looking forward to working with George tomorrow. Uh, Billy Dodds has been bumped, apparently. That's just the way it goes. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check out the NFL Scotland website. Thanks to Charles. Thanks to Jamie. Thanks to Gordon and to my co-host, my partner, Cameron Hobbs. Enjoy week 17. It is going to be wild. Who would have thought we'd come down to an NFC game on Sunday night football? It will. Enjoy.
from all of us here on the NFL Scotland podcast. Bye for now.